jams it down. Taking you behind the scenes and inside the locker room. You're listening to The Raptors Beat with Josh Lewinberg and Nikki Reyes on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Welcome to another edition of The Raptors Beat. Nikki and Josh here with you. Josh, how are you doing on this uh, pretty gray Thursday morning? Gray, yes, but hey, it's a, it's a game day, right? Uh, and yep. we got we got a good one tonight. The defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks in town, so looking forward to previewing that. And we've got a big show, a big interview to we play do. in Block Two. We uh, had the pleasure of sitting down with Pascal Siakam yesterday, and I, I mean, I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, obviously it's been a, a tough time, a tough couple of years, but specifically a tough six months for Siakam as he was recovering from the offseason shoulder injury, but it, it was a really good chat, a nuanced conversation about his current state of mind and approach as he sort of balances the patience of working his way back slowly with the sense of urgency of, Hey, I, I've got to. I've got to get this together now and lead this team. Uh, and then also a conversation that we're going to have today about expectations and, and how he's dealing with those. So uh, really looking forward to playing that interview in full later in the hour. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to unpack there because Pascal is such a polarizing uh, figure for the Toronto Raptors, for the Ra Toronto Raptor fan base, that is. Okay, and we're also going to get to, as we usually do every week, our KLOs for the top performers, and we're going to bet on ourselves as we look ahead to the Raptors' schedule. But as you said tonight, they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's talk about the Raptors who are in the midst of this home stretch. They've already played two games uh, of this 10 of 11 at Scotiabank and not finding success to say the least at home. They're two and eight on the season. Uh, since we last did the show last Thursday, the Raptors have lost three in a row now and the sky is falling in a Raptors land. Josh, what do you attribute this skid to? Obviously they're dealing with a lot of injuries and we really have to keep that in mind. But when you look at what's happening with this team, are the struggles mainly on offense or defense, all of the above? How would you dissect it? Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's all of the above. The Raptors, as you mentioned, they've lost 10 of 13 games. And in most of those games, defense was the biggest issue. But you look at the last three games specifically, and the Raptors have failed to crack 100 points. I mean, they barely cracked 90 points in, in that last game against Memphis. I think that is a reflection of injuries more than anything else. And it's interesting, right, because you, you look at, I mean, right now, let's look at the full picture. Uh, so far this season, the Raptors, they're... 13th in offense, 24th in defense, which is surprising, right? Going into the season, we would have thought that it would have been flipped. Um, so offense hasn't been the concern this year. And I still think, like, if we're looking at those two things, which one is the bigger concern? I think long-term, it, it's still defense, if for no other yeah. reason, then that's the thing that they're supposed to be great at. That's yeah. their <laughs> that's their lifeblood. That's their identity. And, and I mean, it, it hasn't been. The offense, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is more than anything else just a result of, like, a, a team that's not constructed – to withstand injuries to their key offensive players. This is not a team that has a ton of offensive weapons, even at the best of times. So you subtract one, it's going to hurt. In this case, you subtract two with Trent and Ananobi out, and hopefully the Raptors can get Gary Trent back tonight. He practiced yesterday. He's questionable 
uh, for tonight's game, but you're missing multiple guys at one time. Ken Birch, obviously an important player as well. Together with those three, that's over 40% of your total offense. So, yeah, I mean, this team is going to struggle offensively. It's interesting seeing teams, specifically Memphis the other night, almost give the Raptors and Nick Nurse a taste of their own medicine with some yeah. of those funky defenses, in this case face guarding and, and, and taking the ball out of Fred Van Vliet's hands. That's what they've been doing. That's what they did in the finals to Steph Curry when Clay Thompson wasn't on the floor is taking the ball out of the best player's hands. So the Raptors have to find a way to work around that, and, and so much of that is going to come down to can other guys step up and take the pressure off of Fred, who's carrying a gigantic workload right now. Well, and that's the problem. But I mean, it's a benefit that you're getting guys to to have these opportunities, but you're asking them also to step outside of their roles. Like a lot of these guys are role players, and now you're expecting them to do a lot more. Like the Sabi Mihailovs, who has been starting in place of the Gary Trent Jr. I, you know, I always I always go to Fred Van Vliet and what he has to say because he's such a steadying force on this team, and he says, you know, like defense is hard to do. It at the very essence of it, it is heart and will. Um, and for a lot of these young guys, they just don't understand what it takes to play winning basketball and, and locking down on defense and not having these little miscues. He's not saying that they need to make these radical changes or these are these are un, uh, problems that can't be resolved. It's really just little things and it's understanding the nuances of what they're trying to do. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is the youngest team in the NBA. They're going to make mistakes and they're still learning. Right. So. The patience has to be there, and the patience has to be there as they work their way back to being healthy. We still haven't seen this the full roster uh, together at one time, and that's wild to think that we're at because we're at the quarter pole of the season. But I think we have to, you know, again, like have some patience and temper our expectations because I still believe that this Raptor, this team that we're seeing right now, this isn't as as good as it's going to get. Like they they can. They can get much better than this once they get back together and back to being healthy. So we were just talking about guys having opportunities to play. We saw, you know, Malachi Flynn uh, inserted against Memphis. He played, I think, a season high for him. And it was also the return of Utah Watanabe. And this is someone whose return can't be over or understated, I guess I should say. Yeah, I just think, like, a few of these guys really have to emerge here. I, I do think I, I wrote about this the other day. Like, th- this is a season-defining stretch. It, some people might hear that and think, okay, well, that that's a little bit much. It's still early in the season. But I, I look back at a couple of years ago when the Raptors were still – they were defending their championship. At, at that time, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green are gone. They're still trying to figure out who they are, what their identity is. And Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka go down early in the season on that West Coast road trip. The Raptors didn't know how deep they were at the time. I mean, Nick Nurse didn't really trust the new guys and the young guys. But with injury, I mean, injuries hit every year, right? You're always going to face adversity. Adversity is going to find you one way or the other at some point over the course of a long 82-game season. And at that point, the the injuries create opportunity. And if you allow them to, they can become a silver lining. They can become that sort of force that pushes you through the rest of the season because all of a sudden, if if other guys are willing and able to step up, you've then uncovered all of this depth that can help you even once your team gets healthy. That's what happened two years ago when Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis, that group of reserves really emerged on that road trip. 
But on the other side of the coin, you have last year when adversity hit and a lot of adversity hit from start to finish, but no one really, really emerged. Like Utah Watanabe, he had some good moments before getting hurt himself. We know Malachi Flynn, he flashed towards the end of the season. Stanley Johnson was fine here and there, but nobody really, really stepped up. And ultimately, while there were a lot of reasons why the Raptors did what they did in Tampa last year. I think that was a big one. The fact that this team just wasn't deep enough. So I look at this team now this year, and we're going to find out if they've got those guys, if it's Utah, if it's Malachi, um, if it's Fima Hailuk. But so far, not so good, right? Like, nobody has really taken hold of this opportunity and run with it. And I understand, like, for Watanabe, who's probably the most likely guy to do it, He's still coming back from injury. He's still, I think, on a minute restriction, although he played 28 the other night against Memphis. Uh, But somebody's got to step up here because the injuries, like, you can only use those as an excuse to some degree. They've been bad, but, like, where where do you think the Raptors rank? Do do you know this number, first of all, before I throw it out there? Do you know where the Raptors rank right now in man games lost due to injury? No, one. Where where would you guess that they rank one? Definitely top five. And that's what I think most people would think because it feels that way, right? The Raptors are 12th right now in oh, the NBA really? in wow, man games okay. lost due to injury with 53. The team that they're playing tonight, the Bucks, are fourth with 74. Yeah. You've got the Clippers, the Lakers, the Magic, I think, are number one. All of these teams. So, like, everybody's dealing with it. It's just a matter of what, what do you have behind those guys that are hurt? Do you have yeah. enough depth in your roster to withstand these injuries? And right now the Raptors don't. Right, and I don't want to make it sound like it's a, it's a, a talent issue because they're, that's you know the depth is the problem. But these are young guys that you're asking to start. You know, you're asking Precious, who you know who last season in Miami is not does not have the same like he's asked to do a lot this year in, in Toronto. Sabima Hylik, he's yeah. asked to do a lot right now as a starter, and, and these are guys who are still trying to learn. And so, yeah, I, I definitely thought that that was there was more man games lost uh, than that because it just has felt like it. it just has felt like the, you know the sky is falling <laughs> because they can't get it together because of injuries and what really what i guess what concerns me too is that because you're asking so much of guys like Fred Van Vliet who leads the league in minutes leads the league in miles like the wear and tear on this guy who is so integral to this team you you like if we can put him in bubble wrap i would suggest it because if he goes down or anything happens to him this team is in real trouble because they rely on him so much. And Nick Nurse just said the other day, look, him playing 37, 38 minutes, that's what's going to be the norm. He played 40, almost 40 minutes against Boston, and they still couldn't get out of win because he can't do it by himself. Um, I, I'm just worried about, you know, the the, the effects of, 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 of having to have these guys really carry the load uh, until someone like OG and Cam, and of course, as we said, Gary comes back. And I feel for Fred, you, you, I mean, obviously because of the workload that he's carrying right now, but also, like, you, you can sense the frustration. It's tough. Uh, I mean, the Raptors went into this season, I, I think the ideal scenario or the goal for this team, as we talked about going into the year, was balancing short-term success and, and competing this year while also looking ahead to the future and building for the future. It's something that the Raptors did for all those years with young DeMar DeRozan and younger Kyle Lowry. But it's incredibly difficult to do. Most teams can't do it, even the ones that are trying to do it. It's like a, it's a very tough line to walk. And what happens more often than not with those teams is you've got to lean 
in one direction or the other. You can't really walk the middle. And, and listen, it's very clear which direction the Raptors would prefer to lean in right now. They want to develop. And I think given the option, if you tell Masai and you tell Bobby Webster, okay, you've got two different options here. Either you do everything you can to, like, let's say you squeeze into the playoffs, you go out in the first round, or maybe even win a round versus you miss the playoffs, but theoretically it then becomes a really good development year for Scotty Barnes and Delano Bant and these young guys. They play a ton of minutes. Like, I think they probably choose the latter. And if there was ever any doubt, I think the way that they've approached the Goran Dragic situation tells us which direction they're leaning in. Because if they wanted to, yeah, like, that, there, there's a player that... He, he's 35, he's not the player that he was, but he's still a, a player that can contribute, that can help you right now. And instead, they've chosen to give those minutes to the younger guys, to Banton, to Flynn, coming off the bench. They've essentially chosen to send Goran Dragic home here, and I know that was a mutual decision. It doesn't seem like it's a short-term one. I would be really surprised if we see Dragic in a Raptors uniform uh, again, that's going to either unfold in, in a trade or probably a buyout scenario after the trade deadline if he can't be moved. That tells me that this team is okay with where they're headed right now, which is a, a team that's kind of divided between process and result, right? And, and you might have to sacrifice result for process, and I think the Raptors are very comfortable doing that right now. I think so. And, and you can see it with guys like Malachi Flynn, right? Nick Nurse has given him a little bit more run here the last couple of games. We're seeing him, in a sense, uh, take the load off of Fred by, by being the primary ball handler, have Fred playing off ball. And, and you know, he was asked about Malachi's growth. And, and yes, he has gotten better since what we saw last season. And, and, and that comes with being able to play more, right? He, Nick Nurse's knock on, a knock on him was that he that the offense didn't look organized when he was out there running it, but he said he's doing a better job of that and also, you know, doing a better job of creating his shots and, and, and getting free. So uh, I found it interesting, though, that the one thing that he's looking for a little bit more from uh, Malachi is a little bit of swag. Um, with, take that for what it's worth, with swag. But I think it's just a little bit more confidence. But that just comes with, with playing more often, don't you think? Like, like Precious Achua, we saw... An amazing performance from him uh, in Memphis last week. And then he comes out against Boston and he is like a completely different player. And so I, I don't know how these guys find consistency, which is something that we keep on saying that this team needs. And each there's a, there's a number of individuals on this team that really need to find some consistency because the swings between games are, are just so great. And that only happens with reps. I mean, I look at look at a guy like Norman Powell, who like very early in his career and maybe not even, like, immediate, like, first couple of years, but even, like, three, four years into his career, the biggest knock on Norm was consistency and their lack thereof. But then in his last year or so with the Raptors before the trade, that was a strength. That was every night, whether he was starting or coming off the bench. I mean, more so when he was starting, but he was a guy that was consistently putting in whatever it was is. 15, 16, 17 points a game. Like, that That comes with time. DeMar DeRozan, same thing. We saw that with the Raptors over the years. So with these young guys, yeah, you, like, you can't simulate it in practice. They're practicing a lot this year, way more than they have in years past. Um, yeah. A lot of film sessions, a lot of hard practices. 
but you you can't really simulate it. You can't you can send these guys to the, down to the 905, but that's not the same thing either. It's not the same level of competition. So, yeah, I, I think that's the only way you learn. That's the only way you become more consistent. Let's get to the Kalos here. I, it's going to be a tough week in, in terms of rewarding the top performers just because of the Raptors 0 and 3 record but there there were some positive stories here this week of course the Kalos each week where we reward three points to our, our top performer of the week two points and then one point we keep track of the leaderboard throughout the year so Nikki who are you giving your three points to this week um you're right it is a bit tough but I'm gonna have to go and I, we say this every week we can give it to Fred every week but this week I'm gonna give it to Fred I didn't give it to him last week so Fred gets my my three stars um, for obvious reasons, just as just as the the heartbeat of this team, and, and just does it night in night out, does so much for them. He gets my three. How about you? I'm gonna go with Scotty Barnes. It's been a weird okay. week for Scotty Barnes. I mean, yeah, Nick Nurse said it the other day. There are peaks and there are valleys now in mm-hmm. in almost every game, but I'm just so impressed with how he's working through it, how he's learning through it, learning on the fly. I, I mean. We talked about it. Consistency is tough for a young guy to have. And while there are peaks and valleys, there seems to be a lot of really good moments in every game. And even if you look at the Memphis game and say, okay, well, there was a a learning lesson there in transition as he looks back at Steven Adams, who had just hit him with a hard screen, and he almost loses the ball. Like, that's not something that anybody wants to see from a young player. But you, you still finish the game with what did you have nine 19 points and stuffing the stat sheet knocks down another three triples and and how about that the three-point shooting from scotty barnes Uh over the last week two for 13 in his first 15 nba games nick nurse says not only do i want you hitting more threes but you got you got to take them i want you shooting them and over the last five games 10 for 21 including seven for 15 over the last two games so Scotty Barnes gets my three points. I'm going to give my two points to Fred Van Vliet for those same reasons. I mean, the workload that he's carrying, it's hard to ask him to do more than what he's doing right now. 38 minutes against Indiana this week, 40 minutes against Boston, 42 against Memphis. He leads the NBA in minutes, and guess what? The Raptors are a much different team with him on the floor for obvious reasons. They're plus 51 with him on. They're minus 75 with him off. Can't ask him to do much more than what he's doing right now. Who, who gets your two points? Uh, Scotty gets my two points for the things that you just said. You know, Nick Nurse asked him to take more threes, not just to develop his shot, but to create uh, spacing for the rest of the team. Now they just have to take advantage and, and drop their shots. But yes, 15 threes in his last two games. I just love that he's taking direction. Like, he, you know, Nick Nurse said, I want you to be more aggressive. We saw that. I want you to take more threes. We're seeing that. And the fact that yesterday he was asked about that Stephen Adams screen you were talking about, uh, I love his response. He was like, that's a big man. Like, he got whiplash from that screen <laughs> that Adams sent. And he's just, you know, I just love his energy still. But I love more so that he's taking direction every time Nick Nurse challenges him with something. He, he accepts it and he does it. So who gets your yeah. one star? 
I'm going to go with Utah Watanabe. We talked about it. Somebody here has to step up and take advantage of this opportunity presented to them by the injuries. And right now, the only guy that's that's really doing that is Watanabe. The uh, reins have come off a little bit. The, uh, the minute restriction lifted a little bit here in this last game against Memphis. 28 minutes, and he played really well. He tied a career high with three three-pointers. That's something, speaking of taking direction, that the Raptors want him to do more of is be more assertive and aggressive with the shot. 11 points six rebounds and let's put it this way the the nick nurse is going to play him as many minutes at this point as the doctors will allow because on a team that's been so inconsistent you know what you're going to get maybe not in terms of the offensive production but you know what you're going to get from utah watanabe in terms of the energy and the defensive focus cutting and all of that moving without the ball so there he's going to be really important player for them going forward he needs to stay healthy and stay on the floor but I thought this was a good week for Utah agree okay my one star real quick I'm going to give it to Nick Nurse only because he's not afraid to send messages as we saw like he benched Chris Boucher in that Boston game kind of telling him hey you need to do more we need more from you and and sent that message in a game where they really could have used him you know it wasn't like it was a blowout by any means or they needed all the help they can get but the fact that he had to send that message I like that he did that and, and against and it was also you know in that game like Scotty Barnes got a quick hook uh you know for a couple of the mistakes that he made early so I like that Nick Nurse is, is sending these messages uh and and hopefully these guys are receiving it. Okay, Josh, we've got to get to a break because on the other side, as promised, we sit down with Pascal Siakam. A lot to get to there, so stick with us here on the Raptors Beat. It's Rick You are spying on me! The Raptors Beat goes inside the locker room, bringing you the latest from your Toronto Raptors. On TSN 1050, the Raptors live here. Josh Lewenberg and Nikki Reyes back with you on the Raptors beat as we go inside the locker room. And we had a chance to sit down with Pascal Siakam yesterday. An interesting chat, right? Because this is this has been a really tough, probably the toughest six months in the professional life of Pascal Siakam. His first ever surgery on his shoulder over the offseason and everything that comes with that, having to rehab and, and, and sitting out training camp, sitting out the start of the season before coming back in November ahead of schedule. So instead of looking back at the rehab process and everything that he's been through, we, we really focused on what he's dealing with now, this process of getting his mind back, getting his body back, and not just getting back to pre-injury form, but ultimately getting back to where he was pre-pandemic. So... An interesting take here, interesting comments, interesting chat with Pascal Siakam. Let's have a listen to it. You've got 11 games under your belt. How are you feeling? I mean, where are you in terms of your conditioning and rhythm? How close are you to being back where you feel like you need to be? Um, yeah, I think, well, obviously, I think it feels like dirty games, you know, um, just because um, obviously we haven't been like winning. So, um, but I think personally, um, obviously, I feel like you know it's gradually getting better. Um, you know, my, my body's feeling you know better as we go, and 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 again, I think that like just not being able to play before 
and now playing intense games, you know, like the recovery is like really important. I think that, like, you know, your body don't like after being out for six months and, and not like not doing those type of activities at that level of intensity. You know, now you're doing it. Um, just finding ways to recover so that like days that you feel good you know, can last longer, you know, like, whereas, like, oh, I'm not, it's not like I feel good and then I feel terrible, you know, the next day and then the, the game after, you know, and it's like um, finding that balance of, like, just extra recovery, and I think that's something that I'm working on now, like, just um, making sure that your body's at 100%, like, all the time, just because, you know, like, all the, this is just, like, it's taxing on your body, and then if, if, you know, just not be able to recover properly, um, it's not helping you to be consistent, so I think that that's, you know, those things, um, I think on the floor, I just, you know, um, Obviously, just just continue to work and, and, and figure out ways to uh, be effective and and, 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 and again, if just um, have the ball more in my hands or making plays and, and, and just being way more involved. And, and I think that comes with like obviously like your body feeling good or you having the um, the condition level that you want. Um, so yeah, I have to do that. I, I, I always focus on defense. I, I've been focusing on defense, trying to get better at that. Um, but but I think that you know the rest you know is, is definitely gonna you know, gonna increase and 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 I think that I'm 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 doing better in terms of recovery, uh, which I think is gonna help. Did you set a benchmark for yourself, like by the 20 game point, I want to be here by the 25 game, or, or are you just going with the flow and doing what your body tells you? Well, I think well, first of all, my first game was supposed to be. Uh, uh, Portland, November fifteenth, right? Like that, that. That was like what we had set before, you know. I, I, I just in my head, I just you know felt like I, I, I you know, I rather why wait, right? Like I, I feel good. I had it okay from the doctor. Um, I could have waited another week and a half or something um, to come back, but um, you know, I just felt like you know go out there, you know, I would rather uh, struggle through it than, than than just wait and and trying to feel the best that you can because it's, it's not such a thing, you know, feeling you know the best. Like so. Um, that and 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 I just think that you know I'm just gonna continue to get better. It, again, like I said, it feels like I played like 30 games already, but it's only been 11, and and it's easy to just get like you know super rattled and like you know antsy, obviously because you're losing. But um, just understanding the process and um, and you know shutting down everything, shutting down like you know everything around, and just focus on the team and how we can get better and how I can get better, um, and and knowing that you know it's gonna be a process. Like you, you just don't come back from a you know seven month something injury and, and and just expect to be at your best. And and I think I expect that for myself because I, I I work like that. But um, you know sometimes you gotta understand the process and just continue to uh, work through it and not and not get you know just rattled about everything. Is that easier said than done a little yes. bit? Like how yes. how tough is it to be paid? Because the last time you guys were were in Toronto before the pandemic and mm-hmm. and Tampa and the injury, like you were you were at the highest level, mm-hmm. All Star, All NBA, yep. and I know you want to get back there. I know that's your goal, but like you said, it, it's a process. You know that's not going to happen overnight. And then you look at the standings and the record, and there is some sense of urgency, yep. but but you do have to be patient about it, right? No, there is a sense of urgency, and 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 I was like I was saying the other day, like. Like you know, it's not. It's, oh, yesterday, uh, it's, it's, we, we can't afford to lose at home. You know, like this is our home. We have to protect it, um, and 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 all that all that counts. And and we have to find a way to win. And and again, like 
that's why you know like i said it's harder than you know it's, it's easier to just say that but 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 that that yo i'm gonna get to the level that i want to get to and it's gonna, i gotta be patient but i'm just i'm not that patient of a person um and and i think that one thing that um i've learned from or i'm trying to learn from other people is like yo you gotta like you know understand the process and, and be patient um be kind to yourself and 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 not get down on yourself and and just and just continue to work and push every day every day i'm gonna be the first in the gym every day i'm gonna you know put the work in and practice every day i'm gonna um give everything I can to, to my recovery and, and do everything possible to get to that and I know that I will get to that to the level that I want to get to because I work hard and I deserve it so um, I, I, not, I'm, I'm not worried because we're losing so it's not fun and I think it's, 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 it's one thing that I always want to you know enjoy the game but but it's, it's not possible to enjoy the game when you're losing because we, we're used to, to winning and that's what we do and, and, and it's not it's not fun but but we'll figure it out and, 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 I, and, and we're working really hard at it you said it. I mean, this is an organization, a team not used to losing. Let's be honest. There are some teams in the league that are used to losing, right. and they accept that kind of mediocrity. But that's not the MO around here. So how do you kind of preach that to the young guys, and, and how do you send that message? Like, this isn't who we are. We right. need to do better. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it starts with me personally. Like, I have to, to be better. And again, like we, we talked about, it's about that patience, but trying to do the other things, like trying to, you know, uh, bring more energy, be positive, and, and, and work hard on defense, do the things that I can control, you know, and, and, and shots going to fall, like things are not going to happen the way you want it but just got to bring the effort like every single day in practice um you know seeing them seeing you work and, and seeing how important it is to you i think it will send a message so i think that's what i'm trying to do uh, i know you're not on social media i'll just say this fans smart smart guy i wish i wish we weren't either um fans have high expectations of you and you know that and you have high expectations of yourself as well but do you think, just in terms of people's expectations right now, especially as you're still working your way back, is it almost unfair a little bit, or do you look at it and say, "No, I, I, I get it." Oh, I mean, like I said, like I just like it's just not something I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, like to be honest with you, like, um, like I, I, the opinion of people I care about is like Masai, Nick, Fred, yeah. my teammates, like. How do we how do we get better? Uh, what do we do? They need from me like, um, and us getting better as a team like, and and obviously like like there's not anybody that can hold me accountable to the things like I hold myself accountable to everything because I, I I know how I got here like, um, and 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 nobody can be like more mad about losing than me like I, I I'm, I'm really hard on myself that's why I always say like and and I've been trying to you know just be be kind to myself and 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 just understand that again. The people, the opinions that matter to me, the opinion of people that are here, you know. Um, and and when I have those conversations with Masai, Bobby, and all those people, like those are the conversations that I need to have, like nothing else. Like and 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 to be honest, like you know, to, like it doesn't really matter to me. Like you know, what, what matters is here, and 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 we have to find a way to get through it, you know, as a team. And 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 I know that like I, I'll be better, and and it's gonna continue to get better, and hopefully we can get some wins because that's everything that, that cures everything. I think. Okay, last one for me, and hear me out. This is a thought experiment, okay, a thought exercise. Would it be easier if people didn't know what players make so that they don't have those expectations? Like, people know what your salary is, and they all of a sudden assume that you should be playing at this level all the time because you make this much money. Like, if, if people didn't know what you made, do you think that would make... Uh, like alleviate any pressure on players? Well, not really. I mean, because like, I think. Yeah, okay. Like, never mind. Because like, I, I, I just feel like again, like it, it's 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 okay. Like um, 
you know, people can have their expectations. It's fine. I think that um, I always, you know, again, like doing everything that's best for the team. And, and, and I think the, the way we play also is not a way where it's like, oh, you make 130 million, we, you're going to shoot the ball, you know, every time, every time down the play, we're going to run every play for you and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to try you to score 50. Like that's not, that's not who we are as a team. Um, and, 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 and again, I, I think that, you know, with me, I have to, you know, continue to get better and, and I will get better. But um, I, I just I, like that, that, that don't really matter to me. There he is, Pascal Siakam. A lot to unpack there, and we're going to get into it. First of all, I want to thank Pascal for being so generous with his time and really opening up uh, to us. But, uh, Nikki, I, I love that last question there, and I want to have a, a, a nuanced conversation with Pascal Sia- about Pascal Siakam and expectations and maybe separating it from the contract a little bit if that's even possible I know that Mm -hmm. those two things expectations with professional athletes and contract are so closely tied together but Pascal has become such a lightning rod for so many people in this fan base and that's fair and I I get it right because it's it's been a, a tough two years for him and there there are circumstances of course to explain a lot of those things whether it's the pandemic or covid or now the injury but at the end of the day this is a results-based business and the results haven't been there to the level in which people expect and he expects of himself so i get it but so often the conversation is tied to the contract he's a max player therefore he should be this or he should do that and and i'm not sure that that part of it is fair i don't think it's I, I definitely don't think it's fair. I mean, he got that max contract, obviously, for what he was able to do, but it's also the potential of what he can become, right? It's not, you're a max player today, this is who you are for the rest of your career. Obviously, there's projected growth, and you factor that into it. And Pascal has shown growth every single year, and there have been setbacks uh, in his career. You mentioned it last year, you know, with COVID. This year, you know, a major surgery that he's working his way back from, and It's been 11 games, and sure, the Raptors have only won two in his return, and so I think people correlate that, that the Raptors are struggling because he's not carrying his weight, or they're struggling because they don't know how to fit him back into the offense, and I feel like Pascal is always uh, the target uh, of the the bane of, of Raptors land, and, and I don't know why. He's always the first person to, to get the most criticism, and I feel like a lot of it goes back to the fact that he has this max contract. Um, like, you know, listening to the guy, a lot of it has to do with his physical health and his mental health, and we talk so much about, you know, mental health in our society and the importance of it, but man, this guy gets persecuted. Like, when you were promoing uh, this interview yesterday on Twitter, the vitriol, like, I read some of your mentions, bro, don't ever read your mentions, oh, yeah, it is very scary do down there, and, and, and people were like, I hope you ask him the real tough questions, you better, this better not be a softball interview, you better ask him the real questions, it's like, well, first of all, like, I, Tell I him can't to give the money ask back. him, yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't work that way, I don't know, I don't know what world you live in that we could just ask him the real questions, like, I think we asked him uh, as tough questions as we could, and he was really honest with him, and, 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 and and he's shown I I don't I, I don't know what I don't know what the expectations are. It's been eleven games. That's all I can say. It's been eleven games. Let's just let's just chill on the guy. The discourse shifts so drastically when a player gets paid, right? Because for most of Pascal's career, 
he was Pascal Siakam, the 27th overall pick, and everyone judged him up against that. It's like anything he could do no wrong, right? Anything right. he did. It was like, oh, he just started playing basketball when he was 16. Look at this miracle boy. Or what, you know what I mean? It, he was uh, this, this, this miracle at first. What a, what a steal, right? And yeah. he's still the 20th overall pick, but that's not the way people see him anymore. Now he's Pascal Siakam, the max player, so everything is measured up against that. But here's what I always say about these max contracts, or just – Contracts in general in professional sports, you're worth what the market says you're worth. So if there are teams out there that are willing to pay you something, that's what you're worth. And if the Raptors didn't give Pascal that money, he would have got it somewhere else. It was a decision that right. the Raptors made to retain Siakam. And they did that for a reason, not because they thought he was going to be LeBron James or Giannis. And that's where that's where this conversation gets really interesting because the max contract in the NBA, it, it's not as exclusive a group as a lot of people think that it is. Right. Uh, yep. Max max players aren't made equal, right? Like LeBron and Giannis are max players, but so are Andrew Wiggins and Gordon Hayward and Pascal Siakam, right? Like there are different levels of it, but you're not paying a guy max money necessarily because you think he's a franchise player or, or a superstar or even the number one guy. Like for Pascal, he's not LeBron. He's not, I, I don't know that he's going to be a superstar. He's still young enough that there's, there's room for growth, but even if he's not right, like what what is Pascal Siakam right now? He is a really good player that is recovering still from a very serious injury and long layoff. That's trying to get back to where he was. But wh where was he? What can Pascal Siakam be? Well, we know that he can be an all star, an all NBA caliber player, the second or third guy on a championship team. And that's not my opinion. That's fact. He's done that. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think. People, that's why I say people need to be a little bit more realistic with the expectations. Maybe let the contract thing go a little bit and, and don't look at him in that lens because if you do and if you're expecting LeBron James, if you're expecting Anthony Davis, expecting like the max guy in, in that way, then you're going to be disappointed every time he doesn't drop 25 points and grab 10 rebounds. That might not be who he is every single night, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I think that was the point of the question. Like, I knew he wasn't going to be like, you know what? You're right, Nikki. We shouldn't disclose what people make. But when you do that, the player becomes bigger than the team, right? You're just looking at the numbers. You're not seeing them for their body of work. I don't think you're even watching closely. Now you're all you see are these numbers. And, and you're right. Like, max players are created differently. But how many LeBrons are there in this league? How many Giannis's are there in this league? Not everyone is going to be able to live up to those contracts and those expectations when you say max player. Um, I think Pascal's doing all the right things. He's taking all the right steps and he's saying all the right things. And then everything after that, like you just have to look at the, his body of work and, and night in and night out. And it's too soon to make any judgment uh, on this season or to write him off or to demand him to be traded 11 games into this, this shoulder surgery that, you know, really kept him sidelined for six, seven months. I think in some people's eyes, he can do no right right now. In the same way he could do no wrong before the contract, he can do no right in some people's eyes. It was interesting the other night on on Twitter, and that's why I, I try and keep things in perspective, right? Because you see something on Twitter, <laughs> and you extrapolate it. You think, okay, well, this is the way some people think. Therefore, like, this is the way the fan base thinks. So I do want to clarify, like, it's, it's a segment of the fan base, but there are people that the other night, like, there, there were – a ton of reasons why the Raptors didn't win that game against Memphis. 
And I don't think Pascal Siakam makes the top 10 in that list of reasons why they lost. I thought he was pretty good up yeah. until maybe the last few minutes when he was pressing a little bit to get them back into the game. But, like, he's been better. There, It's not a linear thing where, like, one game he's good, the next game he's he's better, then he's better, then he's better, then he's the all-star version of Pascal Siakam again. Like, that's what yeah. he was talking about. It's a process where there are going to be nights where, like, he's just physically not feeling the way that he needs to and and the conditioning isn't there and maybe he has a stinker after or in between two really good games and that's just the way that it's going to work but like for the most part I I think he's been better you look at the numbers right now like per 36 minutes they're right on par with where they've been not just last year and I know people say well he wasn't great last year his numbers right now per 36 are right on par with where they were a couple years ago or even three years ago outside of the field goal percentage which obviously is going to come down now that his usage rate has gone up he's been better defensively over the last few games too so I I agree I I think that people need to in the same way Pascal saying he needs to be patient people need to be a little bit patient with Pascal Siakam right now but I'll say this a tough test tonight for Pascal and for his team they've been struggling and it doesn't get any easier the world champion Milwaukee Bucks coming to town so we'll preview that game on the other side this is the Raptors beat on TSN 1050. Feeling good? Just bet on yourself. Why wouldn't you? Just bet on yourself. You're you. Just bet on yourself. Time to bet on yourself. Don't be afraid to bet on yourself. On TSN 1050, the Raptors live here. I got my money on me. I bet on myself. I can't Welcome back, Josh Lewinberg, Nikki Reyes. Tough week for the Raptors. 0 and 3. Since our last show, and Nikki, we didn't do a whole lot better. One and two for both of us with our picks last week. We did pick the the, uh, loss against the Celtics correctly, but we said they were going to win in Indiana and against Memphis. We were wrong about that, so let's see if we can get back on track this week. And another tough one ahead for the Raptors, the reigning champs, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Dedekumbo, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton in town to face the Raptors tonight, a team that is struggling at home right now, just 2-8 and eight for the Raptors at Scotiabank Arena. And the Bucks, Nikki, while a lot of people early in the season were saying, well, what's wrong with Milwaukee? What's wrong with Giannis? Uh, they started off slow. They were 6-8. and eight. They've won eight straight ever since. I mean, Giannis, he's yeah. looking like Giannis again. Scores 40 points, hits the uh, game-winning layup in... Charlotte last against Charlotte last night. So the Bucks are in the second game of a back-to-back, which is probably why they're only favored by four points tonight. But you have to think this is going to be a tough one for the Raptors, especially if they don't get Gary Trent back. He's questionable tonight. OG Ananobi, Kem Birch already ruled out. Yeah, I, that last night I was praying that that game went into overtime so that the Bucks could be just a little bit more tired, a little bit more tired as they take on the Toronto Raptors. But, uh, man, you said it, Giannis dropping a 40-piece. This is going to be a tough one uh, for the Raptors, you know, without uh, Ken Birch, without OG Ananobi. We keep saying, we keep re- repeating this because it's true. Um, I just see this one as a loss for the Raptors. You know, they're having a hard time at home. Uh, the Bucks are hot right now. And you have one of the best players in the league coming into town. I just, um, I think it's going to be a lot for the Raptors to handle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, the four-point spread is generous for the Raptors. 
Very. Considering how they've played at home, how the Bucks have been playing. Like, I know last night, I, I know they're in the second night of a back-to-back. Milwaukee is, and last night's game was close. But the Bucks have just been annihilating teams recently. Like, the previous four games, they won all four of them by double digits. They were losing in yeah. those four games for a total of, like, two and a half minutes. So they're just running over teams right now. You've got... Bobby Portis, who's starting in place of Brooke Lopez, he's playing the best basketball of his career. Drew Holiday playing the best basketball of his Bucks career. Chris Middleton coming back from injury. He's looked good the last couple games. Giannis is playing out of his mind, averaging 29 points uh, during this Bucks winning streak. And now DeMarcus Cousins, a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, he made his Milwaukee debut last night. This is a team that's loaded. They can beat you on both ends of the floor uh, I, I'm interested to see if the Raptors can hang with them tonight. And you said it too, right? The last three games, Raptors haven't been able to to even hit the 100-point mark. So uh, the four-point spread is generous. I would hop on that if I, if you're putting down some money. The Raptors are 4-7 and seven in games within 10 points for whatever that's worth. So a little betting info for you, Josh. I know you like to sprinkle some, some money down. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean <laughs> – the Raptors, they've talked about it. Like, they, they need to be better at home. They've been clamoring. They were clamoring for a year to get back to this city, to get back to this arena. And this is not how they expected it to go. Two and eight at home. Pascal Siakam said it after the game against Memphis. It's not acceptable. And yeah. the yeah. fans deserve better. So, listen, I, I know they're up against it tonight. The, the degree of difficulty is, is as high as it gets. But if you wanted to make a statement, if you wanted to come out and say, all right, like we, we know we have to be better at home. We're going to be better at home. This would be the opportunity to do it. I'm just not especially confident it's going to happen. So are we both saying that this is a Milwaukee win tonight? Yes, Milwaukee win. Moving along. And, and, about... and I'll, ta- I'll take the four points as well. I think Milwaukee wins by more than four. So, yeah, yeah I mean, sure. an- another another tough test. I'm not sure that we would have said that going to the season, but how about the 14-8 and eight Washington Wizards coming to town on Sunday? Wild, right? Who saw that coming? But um, Montrez Harold has been just brilliant for the Raptors. He, he, I mean, excuse me, the Wizards, and he, he gave the Raptors fits the last couple times that they played them. This is a tough one. Initially, I want to say that the Wizards are going to win. Um Harrell and uh, Daniel Gafford just picked apart the Minnesota tip- Timberwolves inside, and, and the Raptors have been having problems protecting the paint. Their interior defense hasn't been as stout as it should be. Uh, again, missing bodies and all that. Um, but I'm going to say the Raptors will get the win in this one. I'm not confident in it, but I'm going to say the Raptors <laughs> get the win. How do well, you slow I, down, Bill? Love... Can they do that? Yes. I, 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 sorry, go ahead. I, I'm going Raptors in this one. Uh, I I love me a good revenge storyline. I feel like it's been ever-present this year, right? Like, the Raptors hand it to Boston in that second game of the year, and the Celtics have responded in a couple meetings since. You have Memphis. Obviously, they lose uh, to the Raptors in embarrassing fashion in their building, and they return the favor the other night. Even Indiana, there's been some revenge storyline there, too. So, listen, I know the Raptors have beaten the Wizards since opening night. They had that win in Washington on November 3rd. Van Vliet playing really well in that game, but I still think the Raptors remember what the Wizards did to them in their building on opening night, holding them to a season-low 
83 points that night. So I agree with you. I think it's going to be a Raptors win. Very quickly, Raptors and Thunder. More CanCon with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Lou Dort coming to town on Wednesday. Is that a win for the Raptors? Listen, if the Raptors don't win that one, then we have some real problems. This is a team that then doesn't want problems. to win. I think they're, I think they're still trying to tank and, and collect a pick. So I'm going to predict a Raptors win just because they are OKC is that bad. Um, yeah, that that's the one. That's my guaranteed win. Guaranteed win. How about you? I I like it when we go in a different direction here. I like it when we break apart and maybe maybe we got different picks. I'm competitive. I I, I want to win, but sure. yeah, for the second week in a row, I think we've got a we, we have the same picks here this week. It's it'll be tough to beat Milwaukee. It'll be tough to lose to OKC. I guess Washington's the interesting game in the middle there, but I, I'm gonna say a win against OKC as well. What are you most looking forward to this week? Well, th- that's the thing about that Washington game, right? Like, you want to keep pace with the Wizards of of this of the of the the conference. Like, yeah, Milwaukee's going to do their thing because they're the reigning champions, and you're not going to be as bad as OKC. But there's that middle spot that the Raptors need to find themselves in, and and they're used to at least being in the murky middle. And right now, being outside of that murky middle it is concerning. So, um, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I agree. We'll see if they can bounce back here. We'll see if they can figure it out at home, if they can get healthy or at least a little bit healthier. And if not, who's going to step up? So should be an interesting week. Thank you to Chris Diavero back in studio. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you next week here on the Raptors Beat.